But now the offense stays on the field. The Giants are going for two. They're going for the win with 106 to play. Now listen, if it pans out, it's the gutsiest call of all time. If it doesn't, you're sure going to hear about it in that New York market we mentioned earlier. Here we go. Two-point try for the lead. James, the motion man. Shovel. Barkley breaks a tackle. Dives in for two. Giants take the lead. 21-20 with 106 to play in the fourth. Hello and welcome to Big Dash Knows. Big Dash Knows what? It's a new episode of the podcast. And um, I got a lot of things to talk about. Um, but mainly what I want to talk about is expectations. Now, there's expectations all over the map for the New York Giants. Some people have us going 11 and 6. Shout out to my man Lou with the Big Blue Crew. Some people think eight to nine wins. Some people think, you know, six to seven wins. But depending on where you are and your thought process of what you expect this team to do, I'm just curious to see where or why you feel the way that you feel. Now, for me, I don't ever want to try to convince somebody to think the same way that I think. But what I do like to do is tell people why I think the way that I think. And um, if there's a jewel in there, if there's something that you can take back and reassess your thought process, or if you absolutely think I'm wrong, man, it is what it is. And I understand that you can't make everybody feel the way that you feel. And the way that I feel about the New York Giants, I feel good. It's May. Rookie Manning Camp just ended. The draft just happened a week ago, over a week ago. And I'm excited for this team. And I hope that the majority of the people out here listening are also excited. And I'm excited for a few reasons. The first reason is going to be that we have that continuity as far as same OC, same DC, same head coach, same regime in the building, same feeling in the building. On top of that, players got deals done. We brought in some new talent waiting on the Saquon Barkley deal to get done. Outside of that, had a had what a lot of people think to be is a good draft this year, good to great draft this year. And I'm excited. I think that the New York Giants, not saying that the New York Giants will surprise people this year, because I already think that we're on the radar with a lot of people, whether it be NFL teams, sports media, social media in general. Um, I think to a lot of people outside of the Giants fan fan base that last year was real because it was real to me. And I saw what competent coaching can do. And now with the roster being improved on paper, I'll say on paper, I, I, I do believe it's beyond paper that the roster is better. But to me, on paper, the roster is better. And I have to believe that with the kind of coaching that they did last year, with the talent that they had from last year, this year we're bringing in even even, even better talent. I have to expect better results. Now, here's where a lot of the doubt comes in. Um, last year, a lot of people would say that the, the schedule was soft. Rankings would say that the schedule was soft. Facts would tell you that the schedule was soft. Um, and the New York Giants won nine games. 
Now, also, if the schedule was soft, also the New York Giants weren't expected to be any good anyway. So even with a soft schedule, last year's wins were impressive. And also impressive part of it is that we beat some playoff teams um, during the regular season. Um, we beat some good teams. We, we beat some teams that were borderline playoff teams, and we also lost to some good teams as well. But I take all of that when I'm thinking about what's going to happen next year. Now, nothing's guaranteed. Of course not. Um, just because you got better guys on the roster doesn't mean that the outcome will be better. I understand that. But that's where the coaching comes in. I think, again, with this coaching staff that we were able to get, um, I just can't see us taking a step back. Even if you want to say that we won't have the same amount of wins, I can't see the play on the field taking a step back. Now, the elephant in the room is always going to be Daniel Jones. And how you feel about the Giants ultimately tells us how you feel about the quarterback. Now, if you have confidence in the quarterback, you probably have a little bit more confidence in this team. If you have less confidence in the quarterback, then you probably have less confidence in this team. And again, I'm not here to try to force my opinion on other people. But I just need to say a certain amount of things. And hopefully, you know, people can. If you're on the fence, you know, see things and be like or, or think a certain way. So for me, again, when it comes to Daniel Jones and we talk about the money that he was signed for. And the, the first thing that people like to talk about is, well, he only had 15 passing touchdowns. And that's an absolute fact. You can't argue with facts. You can't argue with that stat. But that stat doesn't tell the whole thing. Like, how many drives has, has Daniel Jones kept alive? And then at the end of that drive, it was a rushing touchdown. See, for me, it's not just all about the 15 touchdowns. Obviously, you want more than that to happen. But I have to look at the game through a bigger lens. And when I say, okay, yeah, you know, he didn't have more than 15 passing touchdowns. But what were those drives like? What were those drives like? And a perfect example of that is that Green Bay game. When Saquon, got, Saquon Barkley got hurt on the first play of that drive, they needed to go 92 yards. Saquon Barkley is out, and Daniel Jones did everything in that drive except for throw for a touchdown. They got down to about the five, and then Brightwell ran that ball in. So when I'm thinking about Daniel Jones, obviously the 15 touchdowns are in the back of my mind, but also what's in the front of my mind is how did we get there? How did we win these games? How do we look in the losses in these games? Why didn't we win these games? What didn't go right when we lost these games? And again, we can talk about the quarterback's play progression, but I guarantee you this. If Daniel Jones was not the quarterback of the New York Giants, you don't have nine wins. And people will say, well, Saquon Barkley carried the team. And Saquon Barkley was vital to this team last year. Absolutely. But you cannot say that Daniel Jones is not a reason why we won the games that we won. And if you're going to blame, if you're going to blame Daniel Jones for some of the losses, 
look down the stat line because when we lost those games, it wasn't just a quarterback loss. We lost on the stats on both sides of the ball, whether it be defense, whether it's offense, passing game, running game, all that stuff goes together. So these were team losses and team wins. Whether Saquon Barkley did more of the heavy lifting in certain games or whether Daniel Jones did some of the heavy lifting in some of those games, no matter what, at the end of the day, we won as a team and we lost as a team. Some aspects of the game take more blame than others. Some don't. Some don't. But again, when it go when we when we're talking about going into this 2023 season, for me, it's about Daniel Jones pulling the trigger. It's about Daniel Jones, you know, going through his progressions. Outside of that, it's about this offensive line. Now, one big major role in my opinion was solidified and that was you know picking up John Michael Schmitz in round two of the draft and I don't think a lot of people realize how important that pickup was how important it is to get that close to having a complete unit of the offensive line I, I really don't think people realize that not saying everybody does it, but I, there's there's still some people that don't realize how big of a pickup that was. And we'll find out in September. A lot of people will see that in September when, you know, you see Saquon Barkley get off or the, in the rest of that running back room get off. When you see Daniel Jones getting through his progressions and hitting his third option and things like that or taking that deep shot because the route has time to develop, you get this. And then you'll realize how important a clean pocket is and how 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 important it was to go ahead and solidify that center spot. Now, of course, I was wrong. I wanted John Michael Schmitz at 25 because I didn't think he was going to be there at 57. But God works in mysterious ways. We were able to get Deontay Banks in the first round. And lo and behold, John Michael Schmitz is waiting there like a gift at 57. And then not only that, at pick 73, after we traded up from 89, at pick 73, when we when we uh traded up from 89, Jalen Hyde is there like another gift. Everything that we needed in this draft in the first round, we got in the first three rounds. And I think it's very, very important to realize what exactly that it means. We needed a cornerback. We got one, a top cornerback at that too. We needed a center to solidify the interior offensive line, and we got the best center in the draft. We needed a wide receiver, and we got the Belintikoff winner from last year. And even though some there's some flaws, or people believe there's some flaws in his game and his route running, that man has a chip on his shoulder because of, in some cases, in, in some mock drafts, you saw where he was even, you know, selected or picked to go in the first round and he went all the way in the third round with a lot of wide receivers going before him a lot of wide receivers going I believe it might have been seven or eight wide receivers that went before he went and I see it as a gift because you know what it's been a long time since New York Giants were relevant last year you saw the resurgence of the New York Giants whether you believed it or not it's just I have to believe what my eyes are seeing. 
I know what my what my what my mind is saying as far as what I've seen before in the past, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. Going into last year's season, I had no faith in Daniel Jones. I thought, you know, he'll he'll fizz out in a couple of games and possibly you'll hit chance for Tyrod Taylor, but no, that didn't happen. What happened was you saw a coaching staff play to the strengths of the quarterback. And again, not a lot of strengths at the time, but play to the strengths of the quarterback, cut down the turnovers, move the ball down the field, and eventually score points with who? Your best player on the field. And at that time, it's Saquon Barkley. And you rolled that for a little bit. And then as the confidence began to grow and the play began to grow, you saw Daniel Jones coming to his own. And as early as even like the Dallas game, and we lost that game, the first game we lost that season, you know, Daniel Jones did not have a bad game. As bad as a game as Evan Neal had as far as getting that pressure and, that, and as good of a game as as uh, Lawrence had for Dallas, Daniel Jones did not look bad in that game. Now, the stats at the end of the day will tell you something, but as far as his, him being able to maneuver in the pocket, him being able um, to get rid of the ball, him being able to extend plays, you saw it even in that game, even with all those pressures even with the sacks, even with that interception that um, he got because Sills fell down, Daniel Jones did not have an awful and terrible game. And the funny thing is we were still in that game, and the reason why we were in that game at the time is because of Daniel Jones. So um, when we get into, again, 2023, I expect some growth out of Daniel Jones, especially with a better offensive line and also better weapons. Now here's the thing. Last year teams were able to, sit eight men in a box. They knew that our best chance was, was Saquon Barkley to the point where uh, Micah Parsons, you know, the linebacker from Dallas, said in a tweet that all we worried about was, was Saquon Barkley. That was That's what the meeting was about Monday morning was Saquon Barkley. Nobody cares about anything else that's going on. It's about Saquon Barkley. And now I just think about Okay, well, thank you, Micah Parsons, for pointing that out. Because not only is it just Saquon Barkley now, it's Darren Waller. It's Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell. It's Daniel Bellinger. You know, Darius Slayton. Isaiah Hodgins with another year with Daniel Jones. There's guys on the outside now. Wondell Robinson when he gets back healthy. Sterling Shepard when he gets back healthy. There's some talent in this room now. There's no more eight men in the box. And the crazy thing about it is just the addition of Darren Waller alone takes away that eight man in the box. There's no more single high safety defenses that can be ran against the Giants. If that happens, they're going to pay. They're going to pay whether it's Darren Waller in the middle of the field, whether it's Jalen Hyatt going deep with Slayton, Paris Campbell getting deep with Slayton or the dump-offs with Daniel Bellinger, dump-offs with Saquon Barkley and the rest of that running back unit. You cannot do eight men in a box. And not only can you not do eight men in a box, it's going to be hard to, you know, to assign that extra guy with the QB spy position. It's going to be risky to try to spy the New York Giants because once you do that, once you dedicate another player to the quarterback, that's even more danger on the back end. Because you're not just going to be able to cover Jalen Hyatt and, and Darius Slayton 
and and Paris Campbell with that type of speed if you if you don't have those dedicated secondary guys out there. And then what does that do? That eases the load for Daniel Jones. And not only can he go through his progressions because the offensive line got better, he can also take off freely because that QB spy is gone. Now, it sounds good. I understand it sounds good, but it's not that easy. I expect some big things to happen. I expect some big improvements to happen. And for me, it starts with that right tackle position in Evan Neal. Evan Neal has has got to improve. And if he can make those steps or take those steps and make that leap, whether it's a big leap or a moderate leap, if he can do that, I think that this Giants team is in very, very, very good shape. And I don't care who we're playing. If this offensive line improves, I don't care who we're playing. We should be able to play with anybody next year. Anybody next year. On the offensive side, especially. Now, moving over to the defense, I'm even more excited about this defense, man. Last year, one of the weakest things about this defense, and going into the season, we all thought it was going to be about the secondary. Oh, the secondary is so weak. But Wink Martindale was able to hide the weakness of the secondary. We also got solid play from Adoree Jackson. We also see some, saw some guys step up. Xavier McKinney early on, Julian Love early on, and, and Love is gone now. McKinney got hurt and then came back, and he should be good to go fully by the time the season starts. Horrific hand injury. We didn't really even know how bad it was till you know, they came out with that um, the YouTube show, and we saw the x-rays of how mangled his hand was. And even when he came back and was playing with the mitt, how mangled his hand was. He's going through his rehab. He's looking better. Xavier McKinney returning with the green dot, leading this defense. Deontay Banks, rookie cornerback. We expect some big things to happen. We expect him to go through his bumps and bruises, being a rookie, especially at, at the cornerback position. But we picked his skill set for a reason. Fast, physical, able to jam. And if he can get his jam off, that helps him out for his rookie years, his rookie woes. I think you're able to try to lower that bad play or lower his learning curve because he's so physical and he's able to get that jam on certain players. And then he also has that recovery speed, the four three eight speed to make up if he is beat. So I like that part of the secondary. The question mark is going to be the other safety. Um, I think Cordell Flott is the starting um, slot cornerback. And then when we get to the second level with the linebackers, Bobby Okereke is a real deal interior linebacker. Um, can give you that play that we've been missing for so long. Um, but next to him is a question mark as well. And I said in videos before, I'm praying that Darian Beavers um, is back healthy, can continue to grow on what he was, uh, continue to build on what he was doing last year in the training camp. Last year in the you know in the preseason in the preseason games that he did play and he played them very well. Um can he can he get back to that? And if he can't, who's gonna be able to step up and play next to Bobby Okereke? But here's the thing, we had no interior linebackers last year. Now at least we know we got one. And then the rest of the linebackers, Kayvon Thibodeau, 
or, or you want to call him the edge room, Aziz Ojolari. Um, I think the second level is, is, is decent, actually more than decent. And if Kayvon Thibodeau develops, it's going to be a very, very good, maybe even a strength to this team if you can get both Aziz to play healthy and Kayvon Thibodeau to take the next step in his development, along with Bobby Okereke and whoever the hell that other linebacker is going to be. And for me, if I'm placing bets right now, it's going to be Darian Beavers. It's going to be Darian Beavers in there. So, but the most improved part, or what I should say, pointing out a position of need that was filled this offseason recently is that pickup of Ashawn Robinson. So now our defensive front, starting defensive front, you have Ashawn Robinson at, at the D tackle, Dexter Lawrence at nose tackle, Leonard Williams at defensive end. And I think that pickup of Ashawn Robinson is very, very big. It's a big deal. We lacked a competent running defense. And it wasn't just the fact that the nose tackle wasn't doing his job. I mean, Dexter Lawrence was doing his job. We just had bad interior linebacker play. Bad interior linebacker play. With a guy like Bobby Kirike, you you hope that that cures that situation. But getting back to Ashawn Robinson, this is a big signing for the New York Giants. You were concerned about the run, and you got a guy that can stop the run. If anything this year, the New York Giants should be able to stop the run. If anything, even the depth pieces on the defensive line, Nacho from Tampa Bay, Raheem Nunez Rochez, Big Nacho is another run-stopping tackle. And then we see what happens with the rookie, Jordan Riley, or see how DJ Davidson comes back. One thing that we're missing, though, is another three technique. And um, that's still a big question mark for me. Um, we'll see what happens in minicamp. We'll see if some, one of these guys shakes out and somebody can give us some quality depth at that position. But I don't think that answer or that I don't think that person is possibly on the roster right now. But the excitement, again, I can't wait for this season to start. So the schedule comes out on Thursday. I'm hoping that we kick off the season on 9-11 against the Jets, two New York teams playing Monday Night Football on 9-11. The NFL should know better not to put any other game uh, in that slot. It should be the Jets versus Giants on 9-11. Opening week, Monday Night Football just makes too much sense, too much sense. But we'll see what happens with that because I'm hearing rumors that it could be Dallas. I'm here. I heard some rumors before that it could be San Francisco. Um, New York versus New York on 9-11 just makes the most sense to me. And um, you can't convince me otherwise. Even if even if it's another game and it's not the Jets versus Giants, I'm still going to say that that should have been the game. That should have been the Monday night game. Just for like, you know, when that Monday gets here and we've already played, whether we won or lost first week, I'm going to be sitting there on Monday night football. It's going to be 9-11. I'm going to be like, this should have been the Jets versus Giants. But hopefully, hopefully the people that are uh, responsible for creating that schedule realize that it's a massive opportunity to have this game the debut of Aaron Rodgers, and again, both New York teams, the anniversary of 9-11, it just writes itself. It just writes itself. 
But as far as expectations go, again, depending on where you're falling in this argument or discussion, I should say, you know, as a better word, this discussion. I think the Giants have a chance to make some noise. And it all just depends on how we can start off. We can't start off slow. I had um, I was in the spaces. And um, in that spaces, I said, you know, well, we we did have an upgrade on on offense. The wide receiver room is improved, but you know, don't expect it just to just to happen. We have to see it first. And um, my man Sal was like, "Nah, that's not good enough." He was like, "I expect them to be out of the gate. Training wheels are off. This team has to be go has to go and has to go right off the bat." And when he said it, I was like, you know what? You are absolutely right. I was operating out of a space of fear, like, okay, yes, we got all these new weapons, but it's going to take time for this to happen. But again, that's what offseason is for, OTAs. That's what training camp is for. That's what the preseason is for, for these guys to build that chemistry. And by the time that the real season starts, the regular season starts, they are out the gate ready to go, ready to go. So I'm just hoping that my man Sal is absolutely right. He's right. The Giants should be ready to go right out the gate. And Sal's not the only one that said it. Shout out to the Big Blue crew. Those guys believe it too. And I believe it. And I think that this this offense has a t- has a, has a chance to be good. Good. Not great, but good. I think this offense, unlike other years, might keep opposing teams' defensive coordinator up at night. Like, how am I going to deal with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller? And then they got Paris Campbell on the outside. And then they got Darius Slayton over top. And Jalen Hyde is just so fast. I want DC's to worry about the New York Giants. And then when it comes to our defense versus other teams, I want those offensive coordinators to think about where's the pressure coming from? How is Wink going to disguise um, the pressure? Where's the blitz coming from? You know, are they going to really be playing man on the outside? How can I utilize my matchups? I want other teams to worry about the New York Giants because for so long, Teams will see the New York Giants on the schedule and just circle that as a win. And I think last year showed that the New York Giants aren't an easy win anymore. The New York Giants are not a bye week anymore. And if you think so, you're going to get rolled over. Rolled over. And I believe that with all my heart. So shout out to the New York Giants, man. Shout out to Joe Shane for the moves that they made, for having the strength in their beliefs to go ahead and say, yeah, Daniel Jones, I'm going to pay you this money. I want, I expect you to be the guy that I'm paying. Or, Wink, we see the guys, the type of guys that you like on defense, and especially in that secondary. We're going to get those type of guys that you like. 
go ahead and run this defense the way that you need to run this defense. Shout out to everybody, man. And again, if you feel like the New York Giants are so far away from making things happen, please just think about it. Just think about it. You can't use the same excuses. You can't have the same beliefs because this team is not the same. You can't talk about Daniel Jones the same because Daniel Jones is not the same. You can't talk about this defense because the defense is not the same. All aspects of this team have improved. This team is, in fact, better. And even though, quote unquote, the schedule is going to be harder. Pause. The New York Giants are harder. Pause again. We got better. We got better on paper. And I believe once the coaches do what they have to do, it's going to be even better than that on the field. So my expectations are high. I'm curious to see what happens when we play these divisional games. Like, before it was like, oh, we have Washington's number, but no, Washington got better. If you want to say the Dallas Cowboys got better, yes, the Dallas Cowboys got better. The Philadelphia Eagles are the Philadelphia Eagles. They lost their OC and their DC. But when you look at that roster, they improved on a roster that was already the best roster in football. I think we got the upper hand in coaches. I like what they did with the de- with the defensive coordinator bringing Desai over from Seattle. But that's a whole new system. You're depending on your rookies to pan out, just like we're p- depending on our rookies to pan out too. But I think the division as a whole it's going to be very, very competitive. I think that Philadelphia is not just going to walk in and, and, and whoop us like they did last year. I don't think that, you know, Dallas is going to be able to pull away late like they did last year. And then as far as the commanders go, I want to fight. I want to fight. The New York Giants will be fighting in this division right now, if I had to say it, I still think Philadelphia is the top team in the division. But after that, I think we easily can top the Cowboys just like they can easily top us. Pause. Um, I think the commanders can do some things if they can get solid quarterback play from Sam Howe or whoever else, Brissett, whoever's going to be starting at the beginning of the season, they can get solid quarterback play. Commanders are right there too. But for me and my New York Giants, I just believe that we continue to improve. I believe that those games that will blowouts especially those philadelphia games are going to be a lot closer hard fought not just in the first half all the way through 
And I think at the end of the day, the Giants are going to prove that not only are they heading in the right direction, but they're ready to compete right now in the division. Those are my expectations. Let me know what your expectations are. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and hit the like and subscribe button. If you're listening to this on um, any podcast and platform, go ahead and throw, give me the five stars, downloads, show your love that way, show your support that way, share the links. Um, I do appreciate everybody for listening. Um, again, this is my, uh, this will be my one year anniversary of creating content. Um, that was actually on the 7th of May. You know, I started my YouTube channel last year on the 7th of May. And um, it's been a wild ride. Um, and you know what helps? The New York Giants being good help too because um, help with the exposure. But again, I want to thank everybody for vibing with me. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And from one Giants fan to another, this is Big Dash Knows, Big Blue Nation. Let's go.